After ten supernatural plagues, Pharaoh released the Israelites, who had been Egypt's slaves for hundreds of years. Then Pharaoh got angry and went after Israel with his army of chariots. God parted the Red Sea to create a way for Israel to escape the wrath of the Egyptians, and he blocked the chariots with a pillar of fire. The fire lifted, and Pharaoh and his armies thundered after the Israelites. They got closer and closer. It looked like the end of Israel's journey to the promised land. No man on foot is a match for trained warriors in chariots. God then closed the sea and drowned Pharaoh and his army. Three months later, they were the same people. Over two million Israelites camped at the foot of Mount Sinai. They had seen the ten plagues and crossed the Red Sea on dry land. They'd eaten the manna, the bread of heaven that God rained down for them to eat every morning. Their clothes and shoes did not wear out. God constantly provided water for over two million people as they traveled together in the desert. Every moment of every day, God's tangible presence was in their camp. A pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. That must have been an awe-inspiring sight. The supernatural, tangible presence of God there for all to see. God invited them into a covenant relationship with him. He would be their God. Would they be his people? They said they would. After three days of preparation, the presence of God descended on Mount Sinai in a thick cloud of smoke. Lightning flashed, thunder roared, and the whole mountain trembled and shook. God had arrived. God called Moses to come up to the mountain to receive instruction from him. While God was receiving the Ten Commandments and God's instructions for the tabernacle, the priesthood, and many aspects of life, 40 days went by. The people asked Aaron, Moses' brother, and the man who would be the priest of God to make an idol, a golden calf, for them to worship. Unbelievably, he did it. And they worshiped the idol with feasting, drinking, and wild dancing. After all they had seen, all the miracles God did for them, with that morning's manna still in their bellies, and with God's rumbling, smoky presence still on Mount Sinai, they made their own God and worshiped it, right in front of God. It couldn't be more clear. No matter what God does for us, we can still sin. The old nature calls out to us to do the things we did before. Like Israel, we yield to the desires of our flesh. We go back to the things of our old nature, our past. We go back to Egypt. God was furious. He rejected the people. Moses interceded for them. Moses came down from the mountain and the people repented. Then Moses and God had this conversation. God said he would personally go with Israel as they traveled to the promised land. He'd still give them the land, but he would send an angel ahead of them to clear away the people who live there. He would be their God, but from a distance. Moses asked God for his presence to go with them. He refused to settle for anything less. Exodus 33, 14-17. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the people on the face of the earth? Moses' question then is our question now. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What distinguishes you, a Christian, from all other people and all the other belief systems in the world? Only God's presence in you and on you. When I first went to China in 1989, I was surprised by how many people asked me, why are you different? It was an invitation to tell them about Jesus. 
God's presence on us, his love manifests through us. His wisdom, his grace, and his power make us the light of the world. And it's light that reveals Jesus and the Father to those who don't know him. Beginning tomorrow, I will do daily videos called Two-Minute Transformations. They're daily devotionals, sparks to light the fire of your passionate pursuit of God every morning. My goal is that you'll meet God through these scriptures and stories and be filled with his presence, his power, and his purpose for your day. It's in meeting Jesus we are changed to become more like him. And it's through his presence and power on us that others recognize Christ in us. Activation. As you look at Jesus, Holy Spirit will make you like him. It's in God's presence we're changed. As we gaze upon his glory, we're changed into his likeness. Make it your goal to be changed every day as you look upon the glory of God in his word. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Jesus is the glory we gaze upon. We see that in many scriptures. Here's one. Hebrews 1.3, this is NIV. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. Holy Spirit is the one who changes us, who transforms us to become like Jesus. See 1 Corinthians 6.11 and Romans 15.16. Transformation is the Greek word metamorpho, from which we get the English word metamorphosis. It's a complete, total, radical change. It's change from the inside out. This is what the Holy Spirit does in us. He changes who we are, and then we change what we do. As we look at Jesus' glory in his word, Holy Spirit transforms us. He makes us like Jesus. Take these three steps to launch you on a journey of transformation each morning. Step one, decide to give your time, your energy, and your heart to passionately pursue God throughout this day. Romans 12.1 in the easy translation. My Christian friends, God has been very kind to us. Because of that, I really want you to serve God with your whole life. Offer your bodies to him like a sacrifice that continues to live. Serve him with everything that you have, and that will please him. That's the true way to worship God. Step two, renew your mind. Romans 12, 2, New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let the scriptures and stories and two-minute transformations focus your gaze on the glory of Jesus and the work of the cross. Reject old ideas, old ways of thinking, and the things you used to do. Don't go along with others who don't know Jesus are thinking, saying, or doing. Renew your mind. What does God say? Look it up in the Bible. Google it. As you put God's thoughts in your mind, Holy Spirit will change you into a new person. Then God will reveal things to you. He'll enlist you to do the works God prepared for you to do since the beginning of time. Step three, do what God reveals. Daily applying God's word prepares us for the hard times. This is Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Doing what God says strengthens us and prepares us for the storms of life. We become someone who not only survives our own storms, but can help others being tossed around mercilessly by life's many difficulties. God has given you gifts, and these gifts are things that other people need. God will give you his character, his love, his patience, his joy, his peace, to give to people who are so hurt, so wounded by life that they are convinced that no one cares or no one can help them in those areas. God will give you his joy for people to live in sadness, those who grieve what they have lost in life and those horribly treated in this life. God will give you joy that is greater than their pain and so much more. God will pour out through you all that you'll faithfully give to others. It's like you're connected to a water main in a dry desert land. You're the valve that when opened will flood the fields, fill the water reservoirs, and quench the thirst of the people. Does that sound outrageous to you? Well, that's God's plan for you. Holy Spirit is the water they need, and as you open your valve every morning to receive from Him through the Word of God, you'll be cleansed, restored, and empowered to overcome every attack of the devil. You'll be filled with the presence of God. Every morning, you'll have a two-minute transformation waiting for you. Drink deeply. Let God fill you to overflowing, and as you do, you'll become a source of the water of life to those touched by your life. People will sense the presence of God on you, and they'll be drawn to you to receive what you have. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to get so filled with the presence, the love, and the power of the Holy Spirit every day that you splash everyone around you and leave a trail of Holy Spirit wherever you go. I pray that two-minute transformations will have this effect in your life. If you enjoyed this video, please subscribe, like, and comment. Thank you for listening. And thank you for doing the two-minute transformations to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Romans 12.2, New Living Translation.